Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown, where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. Tall tales. True stories. And current goings on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in summer. Welcome to episode 114 of the Brown County Hour. This is Dave Seastrom. And Sarah Lytle, along with the rest of the crew. This month we're featuring our musical guest, Steve Plessinger, on the occasion of his new CD release called Time Wasted. We'll listen to our conversation with him and a selection of tunes from his new CD. We also have an interview with everyone's favorite seed lady, Tori Ray as she tells us about the Facebook page, Barter Brown County. Chuck Wills shares a remembrance of longtime Brown County resident, Doris Embry. And we have a poem from our crew member, Sarah Lytle. This month, we note the retirement of our beloved crew member, Vera Grubbs, with an interview conducted by the entire crew. We have another essay from Jim Eagleman, and Dave Seastrom has a few things to say about the economic changes in Brown County. Segment one begins with our Steve Plessinger interview. Tori Ray gives us some information about a Facebook page she administers, Barter Brown County. And we'll close with the Steve Plessinger tune, Life Less Ordinary. My privilege to introduce Steve Plessinger, who is in here this evening um, with his brand new album called Time Wasted. And uh, he's treated us to a, a live performance. Less Ordinary is the name of the song, really moving song. Uh, all of the songs on his album are really very good, and it's a privilege to have you in, Steve. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. So is, is this album actually recorded at Keenan Rainwater Studios? It was, Part of it was, yeah. Part of yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. we tracked, uh, I did a lot of tracking with Keenan where it was just him and I. Um, and then uh, we tracked with Joe and Marina. And I'm trying to think if anybody else tracked there. Um, I don't believe so. And then we, uh, Joel Woodcock is the producer. Okay. And he used to be uh, the drummer for a band uh, we had called the Warm Bloods. And... Um, that was more of like a rock blues kind of project. Mm -hmm. I always loved like country and folk and kind of Americana music. And I always wanted to make this kind of record. And Joel likes that kind of music too. So he said, I want to produce it. I said, awesome, let's do it. So that started about three years ago. We started tracking some things. 
Um, and then life kind of got in the way. I, I, I went through a, a divorce and, and um, it was just kind of a heavy, you know, obviously uh, when COVID started in, it made things more challenging. But it also was like, well, now people have time, you know, whereas musicians, I was able to get some really talented musicians that would normally be on the road. Um, one gentleman is Brian Allen. He uh, attended Columbus North. He actually works with uh, the producer Dave Cobb down in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, he's worked with uh, Chris Stapleton. He's worked with uh, Sturgill Simpson. He's worked with uh, a lot of big names. He was recently on um, Barry Gibbs' uh, a compilation album he did that Dolly Parton was on, among other people. Wow. He's, he's the session bass player on that. I hit him up like in February or March of 2020. I was like, hey, man, you got time? He's like, that's all I have. Right. <laughs> he's like, right. yes, whatever you have, send it my way. Now's a good time to hit me up. He has, has a home studio. So a lot of this was just bouncing tracks back and forth uh, between us. And um, so very lucky to have him on electric bass on two tracks. And then he plays upright bass and cello on one track. Um, and that came together beautifully as well. So, um, And then there's uh, uh, some other um, uh, Nashville uh, musicians on the record. Uh, one guy plays pedal steel. Another guy played electric guitar. Um, and then we had organ. Um, I'm spacing her names right at the moment. Uh, Cam Seacrest was a guitar player. He was at the show at the Playhouse okay. uh, recently, um, which um, that was uh, quite an experience at that, uh, the Playhouse. We did that a few weeks back. Well, you know, one of the, th- one of the things I really love about this uh, album is how clean and unproduced sound mm-hmm. you know i mean it's such a temptation in the studio to just keep you know one more this and and that's not present i mean it just comes through as just clean and clear and all the tunes are great and all of the instrument players are really good at what they're doing and i just the sound is wonderful thank you and i'd be remiss to if I didn't mention that John Boyer's on this record, okay. uh, he plays on two tracks okay. uh, from the hammer and the hatchet. So uh, that was a, a special treat as well. He actually, uh, um, another friend that was in the warm bloods, Mike Stogdale, which last time we were on Brown County radio okay. hour, he was with me. Right. And um, he has his own studio on the West side of uh, Bloomington. And uh, John came over there and then we were also, you know, uh, we were able to mask up and, you know, be, be distance and everything yeah. and do, kind of do it the right way. But it was, uh, it was, Really, I mean, a record that came together from a lot of home recording. And um, I think the way technology has come around and, you know, the uh, the availability of that, but it would not be the record it is without the talent of those folks. So I appreciate you saying that. I really wanted the instruments themselves to ring through. Well, and I also, I wanted to ask you about Marina Stant. Um, yeah. She's the violin player mm-hmm. on your piece. Oh. Is yeah. she any kin to the Stance? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's Lou Stance's daughter. Lou's daughter. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, Stant is kind of like Plessinger. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I saw that name and I thought, you know, how many Stants are there? Mm-hmm. So. so a little story about that. So um, I have done a lot of work with Keenan Rainwater right. on his stream. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night he wanted to have a uh, kind of a songwriter in a round campfire. And uh, I was there, Steve Hickman, uh, uh, Rob Harsh, uh, of course, Keenan, Mandy, and Marina. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some folks. Um, but it's the first time I'd ever met Marina. And, of course, you know, she pulls out her yeah. violin. It's just beautiful. And so kind of after the campfire's over, she comes up and she's like, oh, I love your songs. I was like, I love your playing. I was like, we should work together. And she was like, yes. And um, 
at the time it was, you know, kind of a campfire was a nice socially distanced thing we could do, right. you know, cause we were in the depths of COVID at the time. And, and so we're sitting there, um, kind of making plans. And I had been working on a, this, this record for uh, a couple years at that point and had ideas and would love to have violin on it. And she said, yes, I'd love to. So, um, we were able to do it at Keenan studio. We were able to be all distance and everything. And, um, and it was just, you know, wonderful. And then we did a show out at, uh, Hondo Thompson's okay. house. Uh, right, we did right. a show with, uh, Joe Bollinger, um, right. who's also on this record. Indiana boys and the, oh, and the he's plenty. the banjo player. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, and we, I was real excited about this trio and we did this show and then we, uh, and then I talked to Marie and I said, Hey, can we do some more things? And she said, uh, well, I'm pretty busy, uh, between work and playing with her dad and stuff. She was, uh, she didn't want to commit to another project. So we were lucky enough to get, um, Kat Kenny who, uh, is, uh, lives in Bloomington. She plays fiddle. Um, she's played with Keenan as well. And also with, um, uh, JP, uh, Peyton, um, okay. she's playing easy tigers. Um, so, uh, it's just been awesome. And now we have a trio called phantoms of radio. Phantoms. And, I love yeah, it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we played at, um, uh, sinkhole this past, uh, Saturday. We're going to play at the Hill folk series at, um, the BCI coming up in, I believe in September. Uh, Will Scott uh, reached out and I was like, heck yeah, we'd like to be on there. Um, and then we're doing a show at Hondo's September 12th, uh, uh, another house uh, concert there. So, uh, it's a lot of fun. I did, I've always loved the, the banjo and the fiddle. And, yeah. uh, there's like, uh, I believe three or four tracks on this record that have got that configuration. And we just recorded those live. The rest of them were kind of tracked, but okay. those we actually went in and recorded live those, those sessions. I wanted to have the album to have a couple different feels, you know? So do you have a Facebook page, a website? Uh, how I can do. we... How can yeah. we get a hold of you? How can we know where to go see you? Um, so I've got a, a Facebook page. It'll say Steve Plessinger, singer-songwriter. That's my music page I use. Uh, I've got a website, steveplessinger.com. I was lucky that Plessinger's not a common name, so that. I was able to get that that domain. Um, but that's got links. Uh, I've got a uh, uh, an Instagram page as well. Um, and, um, and then I'm also part of a project with... Um, uh, Joe Bollinger on banjo and Kat Kenny on, on uh, fiddle, and that's called Phantoms of Radio, and we we have a Facebook page as well. Uh, so I'll be playing with them and uh, some upcoming dates. That's really been kind of the focus of the live performances, you know, some occasional solo gigs here and there. Uh, but I, I enjoy playing with others a lot more than by myself, so yeah. Well, and the, and the sound is just wonderful. So Well, thank you very much, yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your music and your stories. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This is Sarah Lytle, new voice for the Brown County Hour, and I'm happy to introduce a community member, Tori Ray. I'm happy to have you here for us, Tori. You're my first interview. I'm happy to meet you at the same time as well. (laughs) So you're working with a barter program. Tell us a little about that. 
Well, the barter group is something that spawned from a group that we do locally here called Seed Brown County. And that's what I think I've been here on the Brown County Hour before. The mission, of course, started to connect our community members in different ways. Food security was the first thing. But Seed Brown County was named Seed for a reason, and it's not all about seed or food. It's about seeding programs and ideas that connect our community members better. And the barter group, or a program, I guess you could say, came about in a way just an idea to connect the people here in the hills a little bit better and buy stuff. By stuff, I mean things that you may have sitting around or something that there there may be intrinsic value in that you might not use that someone else might use. So the gist is to trade. Yes. Trade your stuff with other people's stuff. Right. There's really a simple rule. It's just there's no money exchanged. It's just about exchanging items, ideas, things, anything you might have that someone else might need or something that you have that you're not using, someone else might. Well, I went on the page and took a look um, and, and was invited to be a member of the group. That's how you have to do it, right? You have to be admitted into the group. Currently, Seed Brown County uses Facebook because it's been successful for us in our small community. It's a way that we've had success. So uh, we decided to do a Facebook group to connect people better on sharing stuff. And it's a pretty wide range of things. One guy was mentioning he had a not a very good zucchini crop and would trade tomatoes for zucchinis and somebody else had more chanterelles than they could possibly deal with. So there's food items as well as um, you know sheets of uh, corrugated metal. Yeah, I like that you mentioned food first because that's my passion and something that kind of helped me find my place in Brown County. It has to do with food and seeds and insecurity of food, basically. And I've had experiences in my portfolio basically exists of in other communities finding ways for people to connect through food. Our seed project, the scope, got so big to a point that it was, you know, kind of had to look at a way to scale down to find a way to connect with others that maybe weren't connecting with food. Mm -hmm. However, a byproduct of that sharing culture that we are kind of creating means that people will have a surplus in their gardens in the summer because we have a lot of people growing food here. Oh, that's cool. So, like, if I need a um, nine-inch cast iron skillet, I could trade somebody a home-cooked meal for that. Yes, you can get specific about what you want or need, or it can be open. So you may go and make a post with what you have and what you may want, or you can keep it open. I have this nine-inch skillet pan to trade, and I'm looking for X, Y, or Z. It could be something that you don't know yet. You may just put it out there kind of as an auction. And I'm just going to put it out there that I was grown, I was raised in an auction family in Pittsburgh. And so my grandparents were shuffling and, Mm. you know, life is a series of moving and trading stuff for me. And so it was another way to kind of add on to something intrinsically I know. And then the food piece, of course, just hones it in. It's really nice. But it's not an advertising site. No. So there's just a couple rules. And one of the first rules is that there's no money exchanged. We don't really want that to be a place. So I was just explaining to uh, Mr. Seastrom here before we started the interview that you may put something out there and develop a connection with someone in that community and take it to a private message. And you may end up developing a relationship with someone where you may end up exchanging money for a gift or a service or a job. Mm -hmm. But the the site we like to keep 
a place where it's there's not advertising unless it's something that's a community-driven thing like a food bank or okay. clothing or something that's a service. Right. So that it is a good resource then. Absolutely. I think community. the Barter Group is proving to be a resource for our small community. But yes, it's it's a fun thing to do that our community, especially being this rural, unique community we have, people were already doing this. So what specifically is the, the Facebook site or your address? Facebook.com slash Brown County Barter. I would like to say that in our small community, it grew to 1,000 members in just a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was birthed right in that crux of a time when COVID happened. Uh-huh. And in that... I've gathered a couple of volunteers to help moderate. So it's not one person or me from the top saying yes or no. Okay. It's a consensus-driven group. That's really sweet. That empowers the people who are really a part of the group. It does. And to be honest, as a facilitator, it makes it a little easier for me, too, mm-hmm. uh, personally just being the founder of it. Um, but it, I think it makes sense to kind of help form the culture of what we all want to do as a group. Well, and it puts responsibility back on. Absolutely. I think it's important. I think that's important too. Yeah. Well, very good. I wish you guys a lot of luck. I have, like I said, been on the site myself and I plan to use it. I want to thank you very much for coming here. Thank you so much. It's been great talking with you. Yay. Thank you. It's been Tori Ray with Barter Brown County and Sarah Lytle with Brown County Hour. So uh, this is a song that I had uh, written after a conversation with my son. Uh, he's 14, and um, it's funny how teenage years uh, existential dread uh, seeps in to their consciousness. So um, it was, but it, you know, he had a lot of heavy questions about life and the universe and everything. And I, you know, was just honest with him and said, I don't have the answers, but I can tell you that um, life is something. As far as we know, we get to experience once and make the most of it. And you don't have to do what the world tells you. You can do what you want. Just do be the very best at it and and uh, live a life less ordinary. So I named the song uh, Less Ordinary, and here's how it goes. Understand the wicked ways the world turns about. Jump in line, my son, we'll figure it out as one now. It's alright to have your doubt. Carry your caution like a knife, lead a life that feels less ordinary. Wish I had the answer. Held the cure for cancer Filled all the holes Poked in the plot No new beginnings But you can Write your own ending 
Don't be afraid to take a shot Carry your caution like a knife Lead a life That feels as ordinary pause for station identification. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Power Community Radio, WFHB at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at wfhb.org. We begin segment two with the Chuck Wills Remembrance of Doris Embry. Jim Eagleman has an essay he calls Corridors, and we'll close with the Steve Plessinger song, The Kraken. I would like to remember our friend Doris Embry, who passed away in July at 99 years young. She was a real character, one of those people that makes Brown County just a little bit more Brown County. A lifelong artist and supporter of the arts, music, and the community that she loved, she had an absolute zest for life that was contagious. I think the first time I met her was at the old Muddy Boots, and I remember very clearly she was wearing a red beret over her white hair and red lipstick. More importantly, I remember a lot of laughter and camaraderie with her friends, which was everybody in the place. In talking with her friends, I heard stories about her hiking up Browning Mountain to celebrate her birthday each year, which she did well into her 90s. There were also stories of her kindness and support, like her being the first one to show up when they opened a new store. I remember at Muddy Boots, she had made a sign that said, this is a nice place. And those signs would sometimes pop up in other shops or be given to some special people as a nod of support from her. Just a few months ago, Rick Clayton and I had the chance to sit down with Dory, her daughter Jeannie, and friend Linda, and share some songs and stories. True to form, Dory sang along with every song Rick and I could play, just like the old days at the boot. She was kind enough to let me record some of that, which I'll share with you in a moment. Dory, we love you, and we'll miss you forever. I have a wonderful life. 
<laughs> surrounded with so many good people. And that, that sure helps, you know. Where I live helps me so much. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. And I'm, I'm the lucky one, you know. Well, last time we were here, you said that you moved here 52 years ago in 1969. Yeah, I actually came visiting two years prior. I tested it out. And then I went back and came back, moved in 70. Lock, stock, and barrel. Rented, it was kind of throwing it out there because I did rent an apartment in that little group there on Artist Drive. And I was there about 14 months, yeah, and, and then this house became available. And I was driving by when they were hanging the sign up there. So you've been in this house since then? 52 years. Haven't regretted one minute <laughs> being in Brown County. Never looked back. Yeah. It was, it was very, very fortunate, and I'm very, very happy here. Well, It'll be 100 years, so let's see, I'm 100 this year. So I'm, I'm still packing on a few, maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so you've been here for half your life. Yeah. 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 And I started the shop, like, just to, when I'd been here a year and a half, and then I, I kept it to four years. Uh, what, what was the name of the shop? Torchlight Village, right where the pizza village is now, it was that building. I said yeah. her shop was called Bittersweet Boutique. It yeah. was very interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a different kind of a shop. I loved it. Well, did you sell your art there? I did sell some, but I've painted since I was eight or nine years old. I still paint, yeah. Watercolor? Paint. Yeah, watercolor. Okay. It's the only thing I ever, ever liked to paint. Oh, I, I, I painted oils, but okay. I couldn't stand the smell of, of the oil. So, what are your favorite things to paint? I've seen landscapes that you've done. Actually, portraits I have done longer than anything. Really? And I did portraits in multimedia, and so, wow. except I did not do a portrait a couple of times in watercolor, but it's so hard to control. Oh, yeah. Most of the portraits are in pencil or pen. Well, that would be hard in watercolor. Yep. Very hard. But I love watercolors. Rick, you want to play a song? <laughs> not, not, no pressure, right? No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, no, I understood there would be no pressure. Yes. <laughs> Zero pressure. Zero pressure. <laughs> you got anything in mind? No. Surprise me. Oh, my. Surprise. What do you like, Dory? Anything you touch, yeah, is good. I mean, the music, music really kept me alive. Me too. I yeah. feel, uh-huh, yeah. 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 There's one time in particular, yeah, I think I was 28 or something, it actually made me live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's giving you a, a boost right now. Yeah. It, it does. It does. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. All of us. We need our little hyacinths for the soul, like the music, don't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that now. Yeah. Wanna do it? Sure. I haven't done this probably since you heard this at the Muddy Boots. Oh. Yeah. There they go. I didn't think it would have we did this in the barnstormers, I didn't think anyone would know it. You did. <laughs> <laughs>
going to be a radical song. Yeah. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky little boxes. Little boxes, little boxes all the same. And it's a green If someone mentions the word corridor to you, what do you think? A hallway between two rooms? A pathway leading from one area to the other? Yeah, both are right. Do you ever think of a corridor existing in the out-of-doors? Between two parcels of the land, let's say, uniting them and crafting a natural connection to allow birds and animals a passageway to follow. This is one of the projects, both ongoing and historic, of the Sycamore Land Trust a nonprofit organization founded in 1990 to, quote, preserve the beauty, health, and diversity of Southern Indiana's natural landscape, unquote. That's their mission statement. In their work in several south-central Indiana counties and with their strategic land conservation program and environmental education mission, the Sycamore organization has protected to date 119 properties, totaling 10,126 acres When any private parcel owned by anyone in the south central part of Indiana is considered for more future use, to sell it, to preserve it into perpetuity, or to donate to some organization, Sycamore Land Trust is an option for Hoosiers to consider. Landowners know the surest way to protect any parcel, wetland, forest, farmland, or even small landholding, is to own it yourself. But if the time has come for you to do something different with the property, Family priorities, of course, taking top consideration. The land trust option may be something for you to think about. Owning the land means it is protected by you, a family member, or maybe the eventual legal agreement between the owner and Sycamore. Owning the land, that's what the Sycamore Land Trust does. It owns the tract of land the owner and Sycamore staff have agreed to preserve. It will care for it forever, and to many, knowing their private land can now be added to other tracks nearby, creating a corridor or used as a nature reserve if something unique of natural interest is found there, or just simply set aside with trails and access for others to enjoy, the owner can know no development will ever take place. This can be an absolute comfort to anyone owning land, knowing their love of the land they lived on will continue in its preserved state forever. The work of Sycamore Land Trust is ongoing. Every day as land conservation employees and conservation stewards work to improve each property, it improves the organization and our environment. Their work, for example, in the Bean Blossom Creek area, east of Morgan Monroe State Forest in Monroe County, continues as they reach out to landowners in that area. Their long-held vision of an important ecologic corridor through the Bean Blossom Creek watershed is slowly becoming a reality. By connecting tracts of natural land together, making corridors, and working with landowners, they are providing a contiguous space for plants and animals to thrive. These corridors are well recognized as important avenues for species to move in a broader, protected range of habitat, a function that will only become more crucial as climate change drives shifts in the habitats of many species. Imagine travel lanes along streams, woodland borders, ravines, even fence rows, allowing birds and animals to move about, unaltered, no interruptions of roads or development, and you begin to see the value of corridors 
and why Sycamore tries to keep them intact. We've all seen our share of roadkill animals, deer carcasses, flattened opossums, and the like. This casualty is what happens due to animals traveling by busy roads, and they get hit. Road signs alerting drivers that they are entering a heavily traveled wildlife route can help as we all slow down, anticipating some animal, and you've seen deer following each other across the road. It can help, but a natural corridor, some of them extensively built out west for elk and caribou you may have seen, it's helpful to animals that attempt to adjust to man's ever-changing environment. How to live compatibly with wildlife is one reason why establishing natural corridors has helped us live with animals. It's not perfect, but it helps. When corridors include streams and wetlands, the conservation effort becomes even more critical. These areas act as dynamic crossroads in ecosystems, providing a space where water, soil, energy, and organisms interact. This intersection drives essential functions that promote resilience, such as cycling nutrients, filtering contaminants, supporting biodiversity, and regulating stream flow. The importance of these ecologic corridors has driven the Sycamore Land Trust's focus on land conservation in the Bean Blossom Creek area for almost 30 years. And the conservation of the local natural features has downstream significance as well. The White River, into which the Bean Blossom Creek is a major tributary and flows, it supplies water to over a million Hoosiers. As you suspect, none of the accomplishments of the Sycamore Land Trust conservation area would be possible without the support from their generous members. By creating a corridor in the Bean Blossom Creek watershed and protecting the diverse ecosystems and species that are within it, they are working towards creating a more connected and resilient future for both us and the environment. Hats off to the fine folks who work for Sycamore Land Trust and their conscientious members. And why not hike the Bean Blossom Creek conservation area this summer and see for yourself what a great natural area has been saved and managed for all of us to enjoy. You will be impressed. This has been another segment for the Brown County Hour. I call it Nature Ramblings. Hope you enjoy them. I'm Jim Eagleman. Thanks for listening. On the eve of the resurrection Caught you dancing Look in my direction And the wild blue Could swim in those eyes Dip beneath the water that reflects the skies Yeah, dip beneath the water that reflects the skies When the waves crash Against the bound We try to take cover But we don't know how We find the captain's quarters And take that bottle down Go wrestle with the crack And another round Such a young girl to watch your father go can cling to a mother she's away from home but we're all a trip got our nets in the sea 
got our own struggle, got our own disease. Yeah, got our own struggle, got our own disease. When the waves crash against the bow, we try to take cover, but we don't know how. Find the captain's quarters and take that bottle down. Go wrestle with the Kraken another round. They'd spin you a story that would last a week. And when the wind moves through the bay, I hope you drift ashore. Hope your ship's okay. Oh, hope you drift ashore. Hope your ship's okay. When the waves crash against the bow, we try to take cover, but we don't know how. We find the captain's quarters, pass that bottle round, go wrestle with the kraken. Another round. When the waves crash against the bow, we try to take cover. We don't know how to find the captain's quarters. Take that bottle down. Go wrestle with the kraken. Another round. Go wrestle with the kraken. Another round. God help me wrestle with the kraken. Another round. Now we pause for station identification. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Powered Community Radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. Support for the Brown County Hour comes from listeners like you and the support of the Brown County Inn, 
a family-friendly getaway destination located in Nashville, Indiana, offering locally sourced food, drinks, and live entertainment with banquet space, indoor-outdoor pool, miniature golf, and more. Information and booking available at browncountyinn.com. Our final segment begins with our Fare Thee Well interview with our dear crewmate, Vera Grubbs. Sarah Lytle shares her poem, Tree-like. Dave Seastrom weighs in on his thoughts about gentrification in Brown County. And we'll close the show with Steve Plessinger's song, Ain't Coming Back. Well, hello, everybody. This is Sarah Lytle, new voice at the Brown County Hour. And tonight, I get to interview my very dear friend, Vera, who also has been with the Brown County Hour and is um, stepping back so that I can step in. And I'm very grateful for that. Vera, how many years you were here? 12? 12. Yeah. And so. 2010. And, and so you also are a disc jockey uh, or desk jockey for WFHB. You do oh, yeah. some promoting and, and with the main station, mm-hmm. um, but you've been a co producer for the Brown County Hour. Um, what lured you here? How did you get involved? It was the time in my life where I needed more activity. And knowing that I like to be around people, I checked the newspapers and I talked to people. And I found a small article that mentioned the Brown County Hour being created by Pam, Pam Rader, and Chad Crothers from WFHB at that time, and Andy Rogers was part of the founding fathers and mothers. And so I answered the ad, I came to a meeting, and that's all it took. At that time, the Brown County Hour was a bi-monthly, or is that how? Yeah, bi-monthly, yeah. And it took a while to bring it to the stage where it was once a month. So that's where we're at now. Yeah, that's where we're at now. And in the in the studio with us today, the whole crew is here. There are six in the crew of the Brown County Hour, including Jim Lemon, who's just not with us tonight. We have Pam. Um, Hello. And Chuck. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and Chuck, you've been with us how long? Uh, five years. This is actually my 61st episode. Great. The time has flown. And and Rick, what's the question? How long have you? <laughs> well, pretty probably, I was probably at that meeting Vera was at. Okay. It was upstairs at what's now the visitor center. Yeah, Rick, we were in on the from the beginning mm-hmm. on. Yeah. <clears throat> and Dave, this is a big episode for you. Yeah, this is kind of an anniversary for me. Uh, I joined the crew I, probably about eleven years ago, more or less, and I am now. This is my 100th episode for the Brown County R. So right now it's a crew of six, right? Vera, I was going to ask you about what has kept you here. It was the quality of the people that I interacted with and the fact that I had to come into town because my attention was toward Columbus because we live in the southeastern part of Brown County. So this brought me to Nashville, Mm -hmm. and I got to know all of the beauties and wonderful places in Nashville. And I enjoyed my work, meeting new people, interviewing them, 
it kept my faith in people as well. Good, yeah. And and you guys mentioned it was a pretty big group at one point. Yeah. In the beginning, it was unmanageable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy to the max. <laughs> we couldn't get anything done. <laughs> That's well, why it was every That's other why it took month. Two months. <laughs> well, and, uh, the first episode took a year to produce. Is that correct? Well, yeah, we had to raise money for the equipment, and Chad had to train us. <laughs> we knew nothing. Yeah, we I, just I, I wanted missed, to do it. I missed the whip and chair part of the uh, training. Uh, oh he was a good teacher yeah absolutely well vera i have a recollection and and i hope it doesn't embarrass you to tell this story of you and i sitting in that little studio over there (laughs) and we were editing or something maybe it was even when jeff quick died and and you were upset because you thought your voice was too weak. And I said, don't feel bad. I don't like my voice. I'm too loud. (laughs) (laughs) And look, over the course of all these years, here we are. It seemed like you had a mentor, like Terry Gross or somebody that you fashioned your interviews at. That could be true. Yes, and, and you really blossomed from no experience, no training to being one of our best interviewers oh. of all the different artisans and musicians. And we could always count on you. And you were a good editor, too. Thank you. You've taught me a lot. You've taught me so much. Oh. And I hope that you continue mentoring me a bit as I, as I um, spend more time in front of the mic and interviewing and being a part of this crew. I'm happy for you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. Well, and we want to thank you, Vera. Absolutely. I mean, you're a wonderful companion. You've made an excellent contribution to the radio show. Um, and the station. Well, and the station. That's that's it. I mean, and you know, we are collectively all very loyal to WFHB and and you're the one that's taking it to the next level by also volunteering at the station. So with much appreciation, Vera. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been my pleasure. The title of this poem is Tree-Like. In a white oak canopy on a September morn, I found lost pieces of myself. I found courage, courage to climb, to trust my inner strength, to start letting go, to know which directions to grow. From a tiny child to a teenager, deep sadness, anger, grief, even joy, drove me into the woods and up a tree. Scrambling to the top, held by wood and air, with scraped knees, elbows, droplets of blood, I perched, exhilarated, alive. Dwarfed by the magnificence of tree, I learned that when a leaf no longer serves the tree, it simply lets go, drops the burden, self-prunes. And now in the highness of a tree so far from the ground, troubles again become small as acorns or leaves. I drop some. I let go. Some will carry a bit longer. Why? I don't know like a rock and a shoe that you won't shake out, maybe they still serve me. Maybe they still need looking at. 
Maybe I just need the contrast. Sitting, talking with white oak, I grow tree-like, reaching in different directions at the same time. Grounded, centered, connected, geotropic. Back on the ground, I've become lighter, calmer, with pieces of tree, bits of bark in the folds of my clothes, leaves, twigs in my hair. Reminders to be like the tree and know when to leaf it. This is Sarah Lytle. Thank you. According to Merriam-Webster, gentrification is defined as a process in which a poor area experiences an influx of middle-class or wealthy people who renovate and rebuild homes and businesses, and which often results in an increase in property values and the displacement of earlier, usually poorer, residents. Here in Brown County, we may not be urban, but we are definitely experiencing the effects of gentrification. For the sake of discussion, let's call it rural gentrification. While it may not be immediately obvious that this is responsible for what's happening with the property values and the continuing loss of our younger population, there is no doubt that this process has been going on for a long time and we are beginning to see the consequences. Brown County has been described as a self-selecting retirement community, and as a consequence, we have one of the oldest demographics in the state. This didn't happen because the local population grew older. This age shift is the result of older people from other locations deciding to retire here. In a way, this demographic shift was highly predictable. Brown County is beautiful and there's lots of open land available for new construction with plenty of older homes ready for, to renovate. We enjoy a low crime rate, and the county is in the process of obtaining universal fiber optic connections. This makes it possible to operate an internet business in areas that never could before, and many people are taking advantage of that opportunity. There's an abundance of recreational activities and easy access to cultural amenities in the surrounding counties. So you have to ask, why wouldn't people want to move here? For the first time in memory, property values are skyrocketing, and sales often involve bidding wars that drive the prices up. I remember reading about bidding wars in places like California and thinking, those people must be crazy. But I was wrong about that. Those folks aren't out of their minds. They're desperate to live in an area that they see as more desirable than where they came from. And because of that, they're willing to pay whatever it takes to make that happen. Some of this assumes the availability to pay the market price. And this fact gives the affluent leverage over the native population who don't enjoy the advantage of higher incomes that are available to people who are moving from densely populated urban areas with good jobs. Brown County is a tourist destination, and this activity forms the basis for our economy. As such, most of the jobs are in the service industry. And traditionally, they don't pay anywhere near a middle-class income. The upshot of this situation is that the young people who grew up here can't afford to buy a house in our market and raise their families in our location. They have to move to somewhere else where there are better paying jobs and more affordable housing. The result of this forced migration is the loss of the student population and reduction of the school funding that's based on enrollment numbers. With this decline comes the loss of educational opportunities like art and music. 
and the inability to maintain and upgrade the infrastructure. Not to say that the sky is falling, but if we eventually lose the schools, we're not a community anymore. We're a resort. Not so long ago, I saw this happen in real time at Colorado. Sleepy little mining towns became attractive to the wealthy, and with that came higher property values and increased property taxes that eventually caused the original population to be displaced by the newcomers. I'm not sure if Brown County will attract the rich and famous, but it doesn't take a parcel of movie stars to rearrange the layout of the land. All it takes is for one group to have a financial advantage over another to make that change happen. And it is happening, whether we like it or not. Perhaps this change was inevitable. In a way, the same thing happened more than a century ago when the artists discovered this place and moved here in appreciable numbers. When two cultures interact, change is the result. And this is neither a bad thing or a good thing. It's just the way it is. There are no bad guys in this story. And the folks who are moving in want exactly what we want to live in a beautiful area, and to enjoy the peace that nature provides. In an ideal world, there would be room for all of us, and maybe the solution is to support the creation of middle-class jobs by way of light manufacturing or other lucrative job opportunities that have traditionally been shunned by the community leaders. All of this begs the question, what is the value of living in Peaceful Valley if we can't pass it along to our offspring? This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time. Brittle landscape on the shores of the Atlantic Ocean The healing hand led you away I'm left here with the remnants and the kitchen burn The Lyle's sailboat seems to sway Away through the dawn Find you resting on the bank Away through the storm And help you board the windows I'll ain't coming back No, you ain't coming back Wished I could trade your places Finding comfort in the places Toes digging in the sand But you don't need to be tied to my thing Just another light bright pig Another color I understand I'll wait through the dawn Find you resting on the bank I'll wade through the storm And help you board the windows I'll wait for you But you ain't coming back No, you ain't coming back
coming back Thanks for tuning in to episode 114 of the Brown County Hour. This show was recorded at our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. and anytime online. Be sure to look for us on your favorite streaming service. The Brown County Hour is brought to you by a diverse group of folks who believe, now more than ever, the world is for everyone. This show was produced by Chuck Wills, Pam Rader, Rick Fettig, Sarah Lytle, Jim Lemon, and Dave Seastrom. We would also like to thank Slats Klug for our theme music. You have been listening to the Brown County Hour, coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County home.